It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Okay, we're back. We're back in the car. It's Car Cone Carne. I'm James Van Ostel. That right there, that's Blake from Letdown. Uh, Blake, just so you know, you were on this podcast in like March or April of 2020. Last year, yeah. Yeah, so for the past 15 months, I did my podcast from my home office. I used to do it like this every week, and I will do it every week from now on in the car. This is this is the way the podcast was intended. So thank you for doing it the way you did back then, but I'm glad we finally got to catch up in person. I had a lot of fun back then. That, that was weird. Uh, that you were, I think, one of the first guests in 2020 to, to do a live performance as part of the, the podcast from home, right. the live stream performance. Uh, you were in Fort Wayne at the time. You are now a, a card carrying or driver's license carrying uh, Chicago resident. You, 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 are, you are a citizen. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start there. Oh, I should mention Carcoon Carney is sponsored by our friends at Siren Records in McHenry. I will be there broadcasting or podcasting on Record Store Day, which is, of course, a glorious day to get out to a record store. Siren Records open at 8 a.m. on Record Store Day. So let's start there. You are a Texas guy who ended up in Chicago. Why? <laughs> um, I left Texas because there was just wasn't really anything there for me anymore. I kind of just worked a, a, a dead-end job and had kind of dead-end friends and <laughs> dead-end everything. It just wasn't going anywhere. And I wanted to play music with people, and I found people in the Midwest to play music with. Okay. That, that's a good story. And, yeah. So, Carcon Carney, the premise of this, Blake, and again, I'm a little rusty. This is like, I don't know, being out of practice with dating or something. Like, I, I'm kind of trying to get my mojo back. It's weird because I'm, I'm not used to this format and having someone sitting next to me. This is, I swear to Christ, this is like the first social thing I've done in 15 months. Really? I, I don't think Have I've done it. Have you not any, left the house? I left the house with with children in tow. I'm like, but like seeing someone who's not a family member, right? This close. I mean, this is this may be my first like social outing. It's good so, though. So I, if I'm a little awkward, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm incredibly awkward. Okay, I'm gonna start eating my food. Right. So that's what I was gonna say. We're at Byron's Hot Dogs. There are two locations in Chicago. There's one on um, Irving Park, of course, over by Wrigley. We're at the one on Lawrence Avenue, the one in my old neighborhood, in fact, Lawrence and Polina. Uh, Byron's Hot Dogs, you can find out more about them at byronschicago.com. So, yes, this is what the podcast is about, Blake. We go to places, we eat. We are at Byron's. You got a hot dog. You are you're a simple man. You, you didn't These are eat. really good fries, by oh, the way. They're awesome. Uh, you just got a hot dog with mustard on it. That's the way I like them. You know, when I first came here, I had the whole Chicago dog with the giant slice of the pickle on it. Uh-huh. All the stuff, and I don't know, man. I don't want to shame you, but I did get the Italian beef, which, as you can see, is threatening to exit the wrapper it's in. It's about <laughs> it's, to, it's trying. Uh huh. So it's a burn through there. Uh, I love the Italian beef at Byron's. And one thing you're having tonight, as we're talking, something you've never had before. It's a very Chicago thing. You're enjoying your first Green River. Green River soda. This is this is something that it looks like the nuclear green color that you use in like the Simpsons. Absolutely, this is the kind of soda that makes eight-year-olds happy. This it is looks like, very unhealthy. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It tastes really good though. It tastes really good, and I mean, do you see how the au jus has just 
it, it, it's so sloppy. So you're telling me right now that they that's not dipped. This is not dipped. And that is pretty standard is you have the sandwich dipped in the au jus. I thought I would hedge my bets and try to make this able to eat in my car by not having them dip it. But it's still, I mean, it's you see my fingers. They're glistening. I'm glad. I think I got a fork. It smells really good. Though. It's Well, I got the hot jardinera on it, obviously. Sure. Whatever that means. <laughs> that, it, you know, the jardinera, it's like the pickled vegetables. I didn't know what au jus was. Let alone okay, that. Okay, we have a lot of work to do with you. in there. We have a lot of work to do with you. All right, so let's talk about Letdown. Okay. Let's talk about you. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're a one-man show. You, you play every instrument. I am a one-man studio show. Um, I do have a group of guys that now uh, perform in my music videos and will be performing live when that comes back to life around here. And these are guys you just found in Chicago? I did. Um, I kind of just put the word out and found... Um, I found this guy named uh, Jake Portenkirchner, who's the uh, w- drummer of Janice. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an amazing dude. Um, we kind of had some mutual friends in the industry, and we just linked up, and we just clicked instantly. Awesome guy, one of the best drummers. I don't like the fact that he's a left-handed drummer, because I can't go play his drum kit when he's <laughs> not at it, so that's really frustrating. Um, and then I got this guitar player named Jay Lavelle. Um, he's from a band called El Famous. Oh, yeah. I think... Yeah, didn't you? That's a Singleton's band, Kevin yeah. Singleton. Yeah, yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting Kevin uh, recently too. Um, Jay's great. He's a great guitar player. He, we just all—it's the three of us. It's just the three of us, and we just click really well. It's well, a really fun time. I mean, Janice—one of the great rock success stories from Chicago over the past twenty years. They're so good. Mm, so is this hot dog. Is it okay? Because it, it, it's so bare bones. It, it, I feel like it's I want to go. Bones, there's mustard on it. I want to go back in and get you like a euro or something. I, <laughs> I want to augment your dinner. Are you, are you trying to like get down to fighting weight for when you hit the road? I actually the truly right don't now? eat a lot. I don't know. I, I eat two hot dogs a day, and I don't know it. if you belong in Chicago. In that, I, it, <laughs> I have it, noticed that everybody here eats a lot. Yeah, we're all fat. We've all gained thirty <laughs> pounds over the pandemic. Um, so the jardinera is spicy, and so what you may experience, I may hiccup. As we talk, mm-hmm. because it's uh, the oil is really intense. I may also start to sweat a lot. <laughs> okay, and that combined with the the no. volume of Italian beef, there there might be meat meat sweats. I'm here for it, man. Okay, good. I'm here, I'm here for it. <laughs> so, as far as songs go, I, first of all, the the title track, the the letdown anthem, letdown. My God, that's a great song. That, that, Thank you. Just just a big old hook, just passionate song. You have this strategy, or I'm perceiving it as a strategy, of doing almost a slow drip of singles as opposed to full album releases. You're doing like a time-released plan for your songs. If we are assuming that I know what I'm doing, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that is a conscious effort as opposed to just waiting. To, I mean, it seems like that's the right move, especially for your your band. I, see, I don't know. That's the thing is I, I don't know because I haven't released an EP or a record or anything so I don't know if this is what works or if the other thing is what works I've just got so many songs I think I've got 45 or 46 finished singles that are just ready to roll out at this point but they progress everyone's a different genre and so I keep trying to release ones that are close in genre I could release like three records. Well, I mean, I don't... How, how radically different are these genres? I mean, we're not talking about Dixieland jazz. I mean, they're all they're all rock based, right? Yeah, they they all. If rock is the center, yes, they all are orbiting around mm-hmm. it. 
but I don't know. There's some that are really poppy. There's some that are really close to metal. There's some that I'm outright just yelling the whole time. I try to phase most of those out, but I don't know. So are you are you basically stress testing these songs on social media to see? I what, use what TikTok to... as my testing machine. If I put it on TikTok and it does well, it's eight out of ten times going to be what I'm about to release. And to be clear, on TikTok, you are basically like at a Kardashian level of no, success. No, 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 no. They have half a million followers. It's not Kardashian. I need like 10 million. I'm being facetious, but I mean, that's a significant amount for an independent artist who really only started putting out songs in earnest a year and a half ago. Yeah. As letdown? I guess, yeah. That, that's extraordinary. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I try, it's just weird. The whole thing's really weird. A year ago, when you when I talked to you, mm-hmm. I had what, like 200,000 streams on Spotify? I have like 10 million? <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> I'm glad you can laugh. Like, I don't know. Give it all. But, I mean, the music is there. I mean, I've been saying this for a while, and I, this doesn't make me any kind of soothsayer. This is just common sense. Guitar-based music is going to come back. It's going to swing back around. Honest songwriting is going to swing back. I think traditional rock's coming back. Yes. 100%. And I, that's where you're at. I mean, you could be... I think you are kind of on the leading edge of what is to come with that. It's it just, it's cyclical. People will have a, a palpable hunger for this pretty in the immediate future. I really hope so. I do too. I really hope people have a, what was that word? Pal- pal- palpable. Palpable hunger for Chardonnay. Oh, you. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, you speak French. We. Oui. <laughs> I'm going to keep eating this for like another five hours. There's so much food here. Yeah, why is it so big? <laughs> But once you're in, you're in. You're committed. Like That's probably why I won't get something like that, because I'll mm-hmm. commit and then be outside the car dying. I mean, you don't want to be a quitter or a coward. I mean, you, you got you to gotta go all in. I don't know. If it's going to make me actually sick, I might just take the coward stamp. So I, I talked about the song Let Down. Tell me about that song, because I, I do like it. It's a great slow-burning kind of song. You know, that was one of those fluke songs. I... I was doing a, um, I was trying to write this really poppy, um, I don't know, like an upbeat pop song, which is something I don't ever really do. And I started playing that piano part and I started, I was, I was, uh, just talking to one of my friends, uh, that from back home in Texas. And it was back when I had just finally gotten my own place in Indiana. And I don't know. I just started writing stuff about how I felt and, <laughs> About how I wanted to, uh, everything that I felt when I left Texas and why I left Texas. It's really w- one of the most honest story songs that I have. Well, okay, if, if that's honest, <clears throat> Love is a Weapon seems like a personal song as well. Almost, yeah. like, almost like a masochistic love song. Almost, right? It's wild how it <laughs> says that. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. Love is a Weapon is a pretty personal song. Um it's more so about how love, lust, and social media have kind of destroyed relationships with people and how you, other ones use love as a weapon. I just didn't want to outright say that, so I just told people mine was a weapon. And it seems like you love making videos. I do. It's like my favorite thing. Well, growing up as a kid, that was... They're so much more accessible now. Mm-hmm. But you know, in the in the in the late '90s and early 2000s, music videos 
was something you did when you were famous. You didn't get a good music video if you weren't famous. Right. So the fact that they're so accessible now, and I have access to one of the best freaking directors on the planet, Alex Eric. Love Alex Eric. He's the best. He's the best. I agree. He's absolutely the best. There is no one I hold of higher anything in my life. He's become one of my best friends. He's become just He's one the of most the low-key people. dude in the world. He is so low-key. <laughs> he is he knows everyone mm-hmm. and is no one at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's just everywhere. But I just he's building like, a relationship. He's like Batman. He's everywhere. He's the the hero that Look, we need, that's for sure. <laughs> he is. He is. Alex Eric. Uh-huh. Um but no, just building a relationship with him and getting to, you know, have the ability to do these videos and it's just been awesome. I love doing music videos. In fact, I pretty much plan on doing one for every single and every song I release. I think you should. And you said it. I mean, technology is at a point where you can make videos. You don't need to be Imagine Dragons to be able to put out a video. And the same thing with podcasting. Right. And there was a time when you needed to be a professional broadcaster to sit in front of a microphone and do an audio show. Now any rube with a, a mobile phone or a microphone in a car can do a podcast. Same with audio engineering. Mm-hmm. Now you right. anybody with all, who's got a laptop and a hundred dollar interface can be can record music. And I love it. I, I love the the equalizing effect of that. Yeah. And inevitably, you know, people will rise and people will fall, but everyone has the same kind of access point. The playing field has leveled a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, which has been cool. So, how many songs do you say you're sitting on? Forty. I think about forty-eight total. So you're at, you're at this interesting crossroads. You've, you're sitting on all these songs. The world is opening back up. I mean, we're sitting together in a car, which six months ago, three months ago, seemed unthinkable. Right. What's what's your plan for the? I mean, you're we're not even halfway through 2021. It seems like everything's in front of you, but by the same token, you got to figure a lot of shit out. Yeah, it's daunting. It's scary because I spent the pandemic building this, mm-hmm. and now it's like, hey, the world's going to open up, and now every these you know these agents and publicists and, and people are come all everyone's coming out of the woodwork like what mm-hmm. are you going to tour what are you going to do who do you sign to blah, blah blah like which part of your body can i pull right now because we need <laughs> we all need to talk to you right now I'm don't like, pull the finger i don't know <laughs> yeah don't do that especially with all these hot dogs right i don't know um my plan is is to keep doing exactly what i'm doing mm-hmm. and make slow calculated decisions which i'm usually not good at i'm a blind faith jumper I feel like that might get me into trouble. You're, you're impulsive? Yeah, very. I appreciate that. You, you talked about getting signed, or you mentioned that kind of offhand. Is that still the goal in 2021? I mean, because I'm looking at you. You've got half a million followers on TikTok. Your videos have been seen a kajillion times. Does the traditional method matter anymore? They're, they're there are certain them? things that I can't do, like radio play, mm. international radio play, like that kind of, those campaigns are so far out of my reach unless you want to lend me several thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars oh you you overestimate my uh, my everything <laughs> well stuff like that like radio play um there's certain like bigger tours and festivals that have like these outrageous buy-ons if you don't have a, a label or agency representing you got it but even still those things cost money to somebody and at any point it would all come back around to the artist regardless and just the ability to have someone who who can figure that stuff out who knows that stuff stuff you don't have to teach yourself right like your brain's probably at full capacity just being an artist sometimes it's nice to have someone right deal, deal with the politics and all that bs 
Right. And the one thing that I learned is that the higher up you go in the music industry, the smaller the circle gets. Mm-hmm. And how everyone mm-hmm. knows everyone. And it's just this tiny little world. It's the truth. And it's a very closed world. And unless you have an in with somebody, it's kind of hard to get reap any benefits from that small world. Were you always, as a kid, were you always kind of pointing towards music? Did you know as a kid that this is this was your fate? I knew my fate was music. I never thought my fate was performing it. I always thought that I was going to be a audio engineer working in a studio somewhere because that's what I did mm-hmm. for the longest time was I just recorded local bands in Texas. I loved it. I loved working for music venues, doing live sound. Well, when did you start writing writing songs for yourself? I started writing little things here and there when I was about 13 and 14 years old. I didn't start writing any music seriously that I cared about until 2019. Wow. So I think I maybe wrote three or four songs my entire life until that I never even recorded or anything until about 19 when I made Spotlight. Which was, I think that was my introduction to you. Yeah, that was, I think that was, at the time, I only had like three songs out. Spotlight was one of them. You had Spotlight, uh, Fool's Gold, your relationship with the devil. You guys getting along? You know, <laughs> he's cool. <laughs> Doing okay? Gold Digger in the Spotlight. I, 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 going back to this idea of rock coming back, you do this thing. You, you've got this rock sensibility, but also this very pop sensibility. And it's, it's, it just works. The, the, the two opposing forces kind of come together there. Really? I think so. I think so, too. <laughs> okay. I'm, like, really bad at talking about myself, so... Oh, I, I get it. So, Letdown, uh, people can see your videos, impeccably directed and, and shot by Alex Zarek. We can follow you on TikTok. We can follow you on social. It's just, it's that slow drip, and that's the plan for now. For now, I'm going to say it's a... I've got something planned, a little thing planned. I'm going to try to put some songs out okay. pretty quickly. Might be a single, might be a lot at once. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And then we need to see you perform. There'll be video- Yes. That is the one thing that I have been craving so much is to of perform. I put this band together three months ago, I think, and we've rehearsed seven days a week. Are you, are you taking time off tonight? No, I already did today. Did you really? Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, we've been rehearsing seven days a week, and it's just been the most fun I've ever had. And it's just to the point where it's not, we're not sounding any better. We're just like itching, just waiting, grinding at it for the show to come along or the, a music festival or something. It's like, like the feral caged animals, just waiting for someone to open the gate. Yep. All right, so we're, we're going to keep an eye on you. I, I, I love your music. I, I think you've, you've tapped into something, and it, it's uncanny to me. That you just started writing songs two years ago. It just, and, and maybe all that experience as a music listener, music fan, audio engineer, just. To be fair, I was writing songs for other bands for a long time. Okay, well there you go. But I wasn't like fully writing them. They would come into the studio, and I'd, oh, that kind of sucks. Let me fix that. I, I would say you have a natural aptitude. It's a gift. It's a gift, Blake. Thanks, James. <laughs> All right, so the verdict on the hot dog, you're cool with it? I will come back. It was pretty good. And I may or may not add more toppings next time. Uh, the Italian beef was delicious. I'm not done with it, but I realized I I needed, needed to pause. I needed, needed to put the brakes on for a little bit. I can return to it. I haven't even touched my fries yet. I'm barely at mine. They're going to be a driving home thing for me. Hey, oh, oh, yeah, that's a good call. 
I mean, this is a mark of good French fries. The translucent paper from the from the French fry grease. That is that's what makes a Chicago hot dog French fry the <laughs> best. Oh yeah. It looks like clear wax paper. <laughs> it does. And that means it's good. I went to a, a, a hot dog place called Gina's in uh, I think it's Bensonville. Mm-hmm. Um, little hole in the wall. They wrap their fries with the hot dog in the paper, like all Gina in one. Mm-hmm. Delicious. And they give you this little Italian ice, like lemon, and it's got big hunks of lemon in it. And the rind kind of hurts when you bite them because they just hide rind in there. <laughs> but it's so delicious. All right, so Blake from Letdown, thank you for being my first in-car guest in 15 months. It was lovely to have you Thank you, you James. I appreciate it. 